Weeping endureth for night, but joy comes in the morning. And um, some of the weeping that we uh, see around us and in our own lives, sometimes we have the privilege of helping as a Christian to bear one another's burdens. And therefore tonight, I, I want us to look at Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. If you'll turn there with me tonight. I appreciated the singing uh, tonight and uh, just the spirit of the singing in this place. I love to sing, if you know that. Uh, having some little throat issues and uh, I told uh, some folks tonight uh, that uh, the problem wasn't that I had a frog in my throat. The problem was that he, he crossed his legs. And... Uh, I, uh, it seems a little diff more difficult in the evening, but you pray for us as we, as we bring God's word tonight. Uh, in light of this, this morning, I, uh, a couple of songs I thought of, I, I like the text of songs, I, I, I love this and I love how it's portrayed in songs, but um, song, This Is My Father's World. And all that we see around us, I mean, there are hurting people. They're hurting people in this church tonight. And um, I thought uh, there's a verse, a phrase in the song, this is my father's world. Heard it this week on the radio. Though the wrong seems off so strong, God is the ruler yet. God is the ruler yet. Uh, it seems like that, um, and, and the older we get, uh, Lynn and I comment about this, that a lot of our friends are having a lot of difficulties, health issues, children issues. You, you can, um, you can pray with uh, people that you love, family members and friends. There are pastor friends of mine that are very dear to me that we communicate back and forth with each other on a regular basis. And you know, uh, probably the number one prayer request, there is some physical issues going on with, with uh, all of us, but probably the number one issue is pray for my adult children. Pastor Gary Bill is one of my dearest friends. Um, he participated in our wedding when Lynn and I got married. We had him to read First uh, Corinthians 13 at the wedding 10 years ago. Most of Linda's family is from New York. And uh, as he prayed and read the scriptures, we thought we were going to have to bring an interpreter in. He's from Georgia and talks like it. We thought we were going to have to bring an interpreter in so that uh, those folks from up north would be able to understand him. He... Uh, I love him and he loves me. I mean, we've been friends for a long, long time. He's a graduate of the University of Georgia. We don't hold that against him, but we, uh, we appreciate him very much. But when he was in evangelism, and one of the men that encouraged him the most was Joyce's brother-in-law, Bill Hall, where other men in the ministry would say, now don't go into evangelism. You don't need to go into evangelism. He, Bill Hall said, we need you out there, Brother Gary, preaching. And uh, he is now pastoring a church over in Hartwell, Georgia. He pastored the church where Jerry Savinsky uh, 
uh, started there, Star Grace Baptist Church in Star, and he lives in a little town of Star and travels a few miles to Hartwell, Georgia to be a pastor over there now. But Brother Gary would tell me in our friendship talks, he said, Brother, almost every church I go into, in the pastor's homes, he said, we would be riding around on visitation, maybe on Monday or Tuesday of a meeting. And, the, and uh, he'd say, yeah, that's where my son lives right over there. He said, well, I haven't seen him out for the meeting this week. And the pastor would hang his head and say, they don't go to church anywhere now. And over and over and over again, he said, I went from church to church to church and either the pastor or a deacon or somebody in the church would ask me to pray for an adult child of theirs that was raised, some of them, raised in, uh, in, in uh, when they were young and the mom and dad saved and loving the Lord, sent to Christian schools or homeschooled or or whatever schooling that they had, and they had good Bible teaching, was in good churches, good Sunday schools, good youth groups. And now they've decided that they're transgender or they're marrying uh, somebody of their own sex and they're uh, off in Utah somewhere or wherever. Just the, he said the story is repeated over and over and over and over again. And though the wrong seems off so strong, God is the ruler yet. I, I pray with people, and we have, we have all these grandkids, and some of them aren't living for the Lord. And um, I mean, we, people pray with us. They help bear our burdens as well. But I can tell you, I can tell you something that the last chapter hadn't been written yet. The last chapter hadn't been written yet. I'm praying that God is going to move upon the prodigals and move them back to the Father. And one of the blessings you and I have found in this text in Galatians chapter 6 is to fulfill bearing one another's burdens. Look with me, verse 1. Galatians chapter 6. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Here's our text. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. If a man think himself to be something... When he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. And then notice the contrast in verse 5. It says, For every man shall bear his own burden. In this text, it says that we're to help to restore. It says, Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Maybe you've heard others preach on this as a medical term. It refers to like setting a broken bone. We have a responsibility, it says to Christians, if a man be overtaken in a fault. The idea 
is that uh, not just necessarily deliberate sin, but a, a, a series of wrong choices. Did you hear me? A series of wrong choices brings people to consequences they never thought they would be in. If a man be overtaken in a fault, it has the idea of being overtaken, overrun. Then it says that ye which are spiritual, and say perfect, but people who are led of the Spirit of God, walking in the Spirit of God, then, then you and I, we have a responsibility not to talk about them, not to share it as a prayer request, just wanted you to be informed about this. But we have a responsibility, he says, to restore such a one. And what kind of spirit? In the spirit of meekness. This is not judgmental. In the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. I was on a visit a couple of weeks ago and a man told me, he said, you know, I used to be involved in a lot of things I shouldn't be involved in, but, but preacher, I, I don't have any problem with that now and I don't think I'll ever go back. Take heed when you think you stand, lest ye fall. Just about the time we think we would never do that. About then, we're saying, I'm relying on myself and not on him anymore. He says, do it in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Several years ago, uh, we're aging, and many of you uh, that are aging remember, we had uh, some preachers now, we've got, we got young preachers now that are having to leave the ministry and leave their churches, but... We had the uh, situation with Jim Baker uh, and all that was going on with Jim and Tammy Baker. Back in those days, they, uh, they had these uh, sweatshirts you could buy that had this makeup speared all over the front of it. And the, 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 it said on the top of the T-shirt, I ran into Tammy Faye at the mall. She, I mean, she had all that makeup. But Jim Baker, I mean, I didn't care a thing about what, what he was doing. But when he fell, it hurt independent Baptist preachers too. And then what happened was there were other preachers who began to condemn him. Old uh, Swagger or somebody else would say, nah, we, no, I tell you what, I wouldn't do anything like that. And guess what? He fell too. He fell too. And that reminds me of exactly what this verse says. Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. I'm thankful for a Savior who was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. He's acquainted with what we're going through. And uh, I know that we're totally dependent upon him. We're totally dependent upon him, even in our own purity. In verse 2, it says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. In the context, he's talking about helping people 
who are going through times of temptation in, in their lives and uh, temptations to sin. But I think you could apply it in a broad sense to helping other people as, the, as they go through different kinds of burdens in their life. This word burden here is talking about a backpack a soldier would carry. It was something that this, this or really this one actually is one that's a big suitcase. It's, it's a big trunk, too big for one person to carry. As I was thinking about this message, I was deciding whether a woman's pocketbook would be a burden from verse 2 or a burden from verse 5. Verse 5 means a little bitty something that they could carry themselves. Um, you'll have to judge men what kind of pocketbook. My wife, just bless her heart. I, you, can, you can find in that pocketbook, if I need a, a Band-Aid, there's one in there. If I needed a BC powder, there's one in there. Even if I don't use BC powders, there's one in there. If the grandbabies need a pacifier, there's probably one in there. If we run out of gas, there's a two-gallon gas can in there. If we need to spend the night somewhere, there's a pup tent in there somewhere. I mean, they've got everything. And you could use that thing. You could use that thing for a weapon if you wanted to. So I'm deciding whether that's in between something that some person could carry on their own or whether you need other people to carry it. Why do I think about that? Because I'm an old husband. What do old husbands do when a woman is shopping in the the store? He's leaning on the rack, but what's he doing? He's holding her pocketbook. He's holding that pocketbook. It really keeps me balanced. That's what it does. It keeps me balanced. This word in verse 2, bearing one another's burdens, is something too big for us to carry on our own. There are people in our church that are carrying some burdens right now at Crossroads that we need to be having our antenna up and saying, how could I help that person bear that burden? I made a visit yesterday to a person, uh, Mark Birmingham, new convert. Uh, he got his foot run over at work and is going to have surgery uh, a week from tomorrow to put plates and screws in that foot. And uh, I went by there and he said, Preacher, he, we talked. He was going through some discipleship material that uh, Pastor Capel had given him. I gave him a discipleship booklet, and he said, when I get able to come, I want to come to that class you're having for Sunday school and, and all of that. We, we talked about the scriptures. He had a couple of questions out of the Bible, uh, and we answered some questions for him. And then he said this, I appreciate the word. I appreciate the prayer today. But thank you for just coming and talking with me. He said, it gets lonesome in this place by myself. And sometimes, man, we need to maybe just make a a phone call over there and say, is there a way I could come over there? By the way, he likes Wendy's combo number one with Coke. 
I found that out last week. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Just going to talk. He said, I talked to this end of the couch and then I moved down and talked to the other end of the couch. Then I said, well, but at least you got it in stereo. You got both, both, both of them, but it, it's a long day without somebody to talk to. And some of you are making phone calls to him and I appreciate that and some of you have made visits but I'm just using him as an example of some way that we could bear one another's burdens. William Booth, who was the founder of the Salvation Army when it really stood for something, he was in ill health years and years and years ago and uh, they were having their international convention. He could not go. So he sent a telegram and it was one word. The one word was others. A song we sing sometime here. This church is a song called Others in our book. But I thought about bearing one another's burdens and so fulfilling the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? The law of Christ is that we serve one another by love from Galatians chapter 5 verse uh, 13. And John 13, 34, and 35, a new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another. As I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, if you have love one to another. And when we are willing to bear one another's burdens, we're showing the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be Jesus to them. Just go be Jesus to them. Show them the love of Jesus Christ. And help to bear, bear their burdens. This same passage says, For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. Some people don't want to help anybody else. Some, they don't want to get involved in anybody's lives. I tell people, uh, young men that are studying for the ministry, if you, if you don't want to, to, to get your hands messy and get your life messed up with dealing with sheep, then don't, don't be a shepherd <laughs> because it's going to happen. You get involved in people's lives and, and you go in there and you, uh, you know, here I, Sherall, South Carolina, I had a young uh, guy come. He came from Forest City, North Carolina to be my youth pastor. He'd never dealt with the kind of people that we dealt with over there in Sherall. And I called him one night and I said, we've got to go see this guy. And uh, he said, okay, so he got in the car with me, rode over there, and the guy was drunk as a skunk. And I said, we're taking him to, to uh, a drying out center. And he had to help me get that fellow out of the bed and put that guy in the car. And I said, if you don't want to deal with this kind of people, you will never love being a pastor until you start loving people. Amen. Start loving people. We helped that guy and uh, ministered to him. His wife trusted Christ. He never did. I preached his funeral. Uh, as far as I know, he never trusted the Lord. Uh, but uh, I, his wife trusted Jesus, his Savior. She was 78 years of age when she got saved. And I thank the Lord for that. But you, you begin to deal with people and help to bear one another's burdens. People say, I don't know whether I want to get, I want to get involved in anything like that. Or they'll say, I've got so many problems of my own. 
Well, did you know that sometimes when you deal with somebody else's problems, God gives you grace to deal with the ones in your own life as well. Or God sends somebody else to help you bear your burden when it's too heavy for you to bear as well. You start practicing bearing one another's burdens and all of a sudden there'll be other people helping you bear your burden as well. It's been a blessing to see through these 40 years of ministry and local church ministry. But if you think, well, I don't need it or I think that I'm really somebody and if I get involved with them, I might start having problems myself. (laughs) If you don't have problems right now, you better wait because something's happening next week. I mean, you're going to have some of your own problems. I, uh, I have wept with people I have stood with a couple with my arms around them watching their house burn to the ground. Did you know that whenever you go and help bear other people's burdens when it's too heavy for them to carry themselves, that God begins to do a work in the church? All of a sudden you get to meet people. I I went and met a, a punter on the football team at Sherraw High School. His mama and daddy had deserted him and he was living with grandma on a trailer not too far from our church. And so I went to to meet him. He was a junior in high school. And uh, I started going to the Sherraw High School football games and watching that boy punt. He'd come over to the sidelines. He'd see me over there on the side and he came over one time. He'd say, preacher, thanks for coming. Did you see that last kick? It was 62 yards in high school. And I said, I saw it. I watched it. It wasn't long after that he came to church, brought his girlfriend. During the invitation, he raised his hand that he wasn't saved. I went to him and I said, wouldn't it be wonderful if today you trusted Christ? I'd be glad to take the Bible. No, not today, preacher. Not today, preacher. They came three Sundays, that boy and his girlfriend. Grandma was already coming to the church. You get in that little little trailer in there and start dealing with that boy. I, I, I went over there one night and I opened the scriptures and it was dark in there. And I mean, you had to, had to kick stuff out of the way to be able to get a path through there. And I, I said, this man needs Jesus. I'm here to tell you as far as I know, he never trusted Christ. I got a call one night. This has been a long time ago. I got a call one night. He said, you need to come to the hospital. That boy had gone to the tennis court. He and that girl were involved with each other and a union established that God only intended for marriage, by the way. And he found out that she was with somebody else. So he goes over there and takes a gun and turns it around and puts it in his mouth and pulls the trigger and blows his head off in a tennis court in Sherraw, South Carolina at 16 years of age. You get involved with that teenager's life. Guess what happened? They invited me to come to the high school to be a counselor to the students at Sherraw High School. 
His grandma said, we're going to have the funeral at the church, preacher. At that little church, we weren't but about 30 or 40 people in an auditorium that would seat 300. Brother Comfort preached in the church. There were 550 people at that funeral. He was, a, he was on the football team. He was on the junior varsity baseball team. Football players, cheerleaders, people sitting on the sides, fire marshals telling us where we could set them, people outside hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. All of that from getting involved with a 16-year-old punter on a football team. Can I tell you, God will open up opportunities if you will begin to bear one another's burdens. Then it says, verse 4, let every man prove his own work. And then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. This is a different Greek word than the burden in verse 2. This one is the little satchel or little pack big enough for one person to carry. Sometimes we will try to bear burdens for somebody else. And when I thought of that, I thought of 1 Timothy chapter 5. And I'd like for you to go there. This is dealing with widows indeed. Some of you would think this is exactly where we need to go with this. Why? Because we are in an entitlement uh, society today. Everybody else wants you to take care of them when they could be taking care of some of their own needs. And I wonder sometimes if we don't need discernment to know if we're really helping them, if we're bearing a burden that they need to be carrying on their own. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 5. Verse 3 says, honor widows that are widows indeed. And then he is going to give a definition of what it means to be a widow indeed. If any widow have children or nephews, let them learn first to show piety at home, to requite their parents that is good and acceptable before God. Now she that is a widow indeed and destitute trusteth in God and continueth in supplication and prayers night and day. But she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. He's talking here about that if she has people in her family that ought to be taking care of some of those needs, maybe we're doing a disservice to be able to bear that burden. Some of those folks need to step up from time to time. Notice it, it says there about widows indeed. You just don't help. We, we need to help. And by the way, in our church here, we need to be careful to help take care of widows in this church and orphans and others in the church. Those kinds of people need to be taken care of. People that don't have any daddies at, at home need to be uh, taken care of. But sometimes I wonder if we do a disservice when they're able to carry that little satchel by themselves or some other family members who need to step up to the plate to do it, uh, maybe we're doing a disservice when we try to help some of those folks as well. Now, if they get a burden too big for them to handle by themselves, it's our responsibility to bear that burden with them. 
May God give us the grace as we continue as a church to bear one another's burdens that we make sure that we're discerning on are we actually helping someone if, if they could bear the burden themselves? Are we causing them to not be dependent upon God as they should? Are we causing them not to take the responsibility that they need? I was reading this week in a, to, in studying for this message about a, a, a fellow, and we, we've all experienced some of this. So we've talked it over with deacons in every church I've ever been in. About someone who would, they took their money that came in uh, for, from their monthly check. And they went out and they bought expensive tickets to a country western concert at the beach. Then they spent money on alcohol and cigars and all kinds of stuff. And they bought some lottery tickets and they bought various things like that. And then they called the church. Preacher, uh, we're not able to pay that electric bill. Do y'all, do y'all help with electric bills over there at the church? And you go to their house and they've got a, a, a television set way bigger than that screen right over there. And you ask them where did they get it and they said, well, it's rented from Aaron's Rental. We got it rented at Aaron's Rental, which charges you three or four times as much money as if you went out and bought one yourself. And then you wonder all about all of that. If we now start helping this person every month with their electric bill, I like helping people that if you help them one time, it helps them over a hump and they can kind of carry it on their own. But if it's going to be, we're going to start paying this thing for 12 months. Are we really helping them? Are we really helping them? Are we bearing a burden for them that maybe they need to learn to bear on their own? Boy, if it's too big for them to handle, it's, a, it's one of them great big suitcases that it takes two people to lift, then we better help bear some of those burdens and we will fulfill the law of Christ. This is part of loving our neighbor as ourself. Look at Luke chapter 10. In Luke chapter 10, familiar story to many of you. But as I look at it, I look at, the, at this text and say, what are some of the areas that was helped in this man's life? Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 27. And answering, he said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. This is Luke, 20, uh, Luke 10, 27. And with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. He said unto him, thou hast answered right, this do and thou shalt live. But he willing to justify him said unto Jesus, and who is my neighbor? He asked this question, who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering him, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a, a certain priest that way. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. No, I'm not going to have anything to do with this now. No, we're not touching this. We're, we're, we're not going get, to get our hands dirty in this. And likewise a Levite, here are these religious people, when he was at the place, he came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. 
Verse 33, but a certain Samaritan, you know, the ones that Jews hated, the ones that Jesus went up and ministered to the lady at the well in John chapter 4. A certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, he came there where he was, and when he saw him, here's the key, he had compassion on him. And he went to him and bound up his wounds. There's somebody taking care of some physical needs that he has. Maybe in this case, he would bring over some medication or something that they need. Pouring in oil and wine and then set him on his own beast. He, he uh, set him on the donkey or whatever he had there. He was willing to transport him. There are some folks that need rides to doctors or, or to different places that we could help bear the burden. Brought him to an inn. Brought him to a, a place for him to be able to spend the night. Not out on the street, but in an inn. Those weren't necessarily the best places in that day. But it was better than being out on the road. And he brought him, he met some needs with some housing. And it says, and he took care of him. He was bearing somebody else's burden. And on the morrow, when he had departed, he, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said to him, now you take care of him and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I'll repay thee. I, listen, if he has some more needs, I'll make sure I meet those as well. And which of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? He said, he that showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said unto him, go and do thou likewise. Look at all the different areas that this man met the needs of this one who had now been stripped by thieves and down on, on by the wayside on his journey from Jerusalem to Jericho. How could we apply? Just think of different people that are on the prayer list now where we could help with a meal or prayer or a text or a visit to help to bear someone's burdens. Maybe some burdens that are just too heavy for them to bear. Maybe they don't have family located here. This was what uh, concerned me. One thing that prompted me at 72 years of age to move back to Rock Hill. Uh, I, I felt like that at my age, uh, 50 years out of college, I wanted to be back close to family again and back close to grandkids and uh, watch some of them and marching, marching band and be close to them and spiritual influence as well. I didn't know whether I was going to be taking care of them or they were one day going to be taking care of me. But when I ministered over in Brunswick County as a hospice chaplain, this story is repeated over and over and over again. Wealthy people moved from up north. They sold their house in Connecticut for a million dollars. They moved down to Southport or Calabash or Ocean Isle Beach and bought a house if they go located on the ocean side of US uh, 17, they probably paid four hundred, five hundred thousand $500,000 for it. But they used the rest of the money as retirement. 
They said, we're living the life. We've always wanted to leave Connecticut and we always wanted to come to the beach to live in our retirement. Daddy gets cancer. They, he finally goes on hospice care. I go over as the hospice chaplain. I say, uh, are there any children here? No, sir. The nearest kids are still back up in Connecticut up there. They've actually moved away from their help. And the kids are busy with their jobs, not able to relocate at this time. And it's not feasible to move a person on, on strict hospice care that many miles away. If they know the Lord, I encourage their local church to help to bear their burdens. Somebody come over, bring some meals. Somebody come and pray. Somebody may need to cut the grass because he can't do it anymore. All of these different things come about in relationship to bearing one another's burdens. I am very thankful to be a part of a church that as I've observed over now eight weeks being with you, Linda and I have been here eight weeks, this is a church where there are people in this church that are thinking, how can I help bear somebody else's burden? Who could bring this meal to this person? Who could help them this week with a need that they have? May God help each one of us tonight to start thinking along the lines that he's instructed us about in the scriptures. Help us to bear one another's burdens. Let's bow for prayer. <coughs> Father, I needed this message tonight. Help us not to be pharisaical in our attitude. Help us not to overlook needs that need to be met. Help us not to say, well, that would never happen to me. Help us not to boast in ourselves, but to boast in the Lord. Help us to fulfill the law of Christ. And tonight, be a people that is committed to bearing one another's burdens. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name.